brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You're listening to Forgotten Hollywood with Doug Hess here on JLJ Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Forgotten Hollywood, your podcast of memories of yesteryear. My name is Doug Hess, and if you're tuning into Forgotten Hollywood for the first time, what I do on this podcast is take you on a journey back in time and share with you pieces of Hollywood that you may or may not have known about. And in this episode, we are going to be really discussing uh, the passing of Betty White. This is a special um, edition of Forgotten Hollywood that we're going to be focusing on, like I said, the passing of Betty White, who passed away on December the 31st of 2021. And with me is our good friend, Don Sanders. Don, welcome back to Forgotten Hollywood. Well, thank you, Douglas. It's good to be back. Always, always good to be with friends. Absolutely. And sorry we had to pull you in for this particular episode uh, because the passing of, I wouldn't say somebody that was a forgotten Hollywood legend by no means, uh, but uh, was definitely a Hollywood legend. But we still want to be able to kind of look back on her career and what type of impact she did have in Hollywood that spanned, what, eight decades in in Hollywood? Right, right, yes. So there's there's aspects of her career, I think, that have been forgotten uh, mm -hmm. just because her work that she's more well known for was in the latter part of her life. Oh, absolutely. I think probably, uh, you know, she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show, but I think a lot of people really reconnected with her, myself included, with uh, the Golden Girls. And I think that's probably what she'll be the most remembered for um, in, in her, her career is the Golden Girls. Well, I agree. And then, uh, you know, she was in uh, Hot in Cleveland, mm -hmm. which ran for five years from 2010 to, th to 2015. Um, and that really kind of brought her background to uh, a younger generation. Uh, and then she was in the proposal in 2009 with uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Sandra Sandy Bullock. Bullock. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, that really put her out there to a lot of the younger crowd, too. Right. And I think that kind of to go back, if she probably could have been considered a forgotten star if it hadn't been for the Golden Girls that maybe re-brought her back into a whole new genre of uh, fans and really put her back on the map, if I can say it that way, uh, in, in terms of that. And then she just continued to kind of grow uh, with popularity over the years. 
Mm-hmm. But what a lot of people don't realize is that she was the first woman to produce a sitcom uh, with the show Life with Elizabeth. And uh, so, you know, that was, gosh, that was way back in, in the early part of her career. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, but uh, she was also considered the first lady of game shows uh, because she was on Password, Match Game, uh, to tell the truth, Hollywood Squares, $25,000 pyramid, you know, she just mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of became the, the, the star that made all the rounds on all the game shows. Yes, you know, and uh, she was a frequent good guest, and, and she was not just a guest, but somebody that was really beloved on those shows, and she had a, a, a quick wit, she had a good sense of humor, uh, even though uh, she play, kind of played uh, Rose, who was more of a, I don't want to say ditzy individual, but she really uh, could play that part really well, but in real life, she was anything but a ditz, right? <laughs> that is true. Uh, she was very business savvy. And, uh, um, you know, she just seemed to know how to market herself well and to constantly recreate her career, which is a talent in itself. Oh, it, it really is. And um, I think it's uh, really important to know that um, – she was one that, could, like you said, could reinvent herself. And a lot of times people are just kind of a one-hit wonder or only have one particular path that they could follow. But she was somebody that was able to kind of go down many different roads and connect with uh, a lot of audience. Certainly. Well, and, you know, you can look at her uh, awards that she's received over the years, and mm-hmm. they would kind of give you an idea. She she received eight Emmy Awards in various categories, an American Comedy Award, three Screen Actors Guilds Award, a Grammy Award. Uh, she had a Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame star. Mm-hmm. And then she was, uh, in 1995, she was uh, inducted into the Television Hall of Fame, um, you know, but then on top of that, uh, she lo- worked longer in television than anyone else in that medium, uh, which earned her a Guinness Book of World Records record in 2018. Isn't that just incredible? And I was reading somewhere, you know, I was kind of going back and looking at her life, that I think she, at the age of 88 and a half, she was the oldest person ever to host a Saturday Night Live event. She did it twice in 1975, and then she did it again in 2010. And I think that's also something that helped uh, bring her into this genre of um, of the audience as well is, you know, being able to connect with that uh, younger generation. And you think of somebody being 88, almost 90 years, 89 years of age and being on Saturday Night Live, that, that says something, doesn't it? Well, it does. And, you know, the neat thing was uh, what got her on that show to host at that age was a Facebook campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just saw her monologue again the other day. She gets on there and she goes, yeah, she said, uh, you know, I'm really honored. And they told me that it was a Facebook campaign that, that got me on here. She goes, you know, I didn't even know what Facebook was. And <laughs> she says, now, now that I do, she goes, I still think it's a big waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that just kind of shows her wit and her humor and being able to uh, kind of make fun of herself as well. <clears throat> By all means, by all means. Um, you know, what people also don't know is, uh, you know, there were a few ladies 
uh, throughout entertainment history that were able really to kind of govern their own careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Betty Davis, uh, Catherine Hepburn, Lucille Ball. Uh, but Betty White was one of those ladies as well. And uh, in 1952 to 1954, she hosted and produced her only or her own uh, daily talk variety show, which was called the Betty White Show on NBC at the time. And, uh, you know, that was just really kind of unheard of at that, at, at that time. Oh, absolutely. And I also understand she was a, a strong critic of reality TV. <laughs> well, <laughs> she just didn't feel like uh, a lot of it was worth watching. Right. Uh, and she felt like a lot of those people rolled that 15 minutes of fame a little too long, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Let's jump into a, a little bit of some trivia of uh, Betty White here. Uh, she began her career as a phone girl on the Al Jarvin's afternoon television show in Los Angeles, California. Um, and you said that she was a uh, frequent guest on several uh, celebrity slash panelists on numerous game shows uh, in, in terms of that as well. But the one thing that I thought was really interesting, um, and we haven't touched on this yet, she was a big fan of animals. And I know at the end, you're, you've got a neat little story that you're going to share with us about Betty White. But she was a huge lover of animals in the way that uh, that they were treated, making sure that they were treated correctly. And uh, the neat little trivia I found was that James L. Brooks offered her the role of Helen Hunt's mother in As Good As It Gets back in 1997. However, she turned down the role because she objected to the treatment of the dog that was in the film. And I thought that was really uh, interesting uh, to have a passion about something and feel so strongly about it, the way that an animal, and I'm sure the animal was uh, portrayed one way in the film, but was treated very professionally on the set, but was so um, passionate about the cause that she decided to to, uh, pass on the role altogether. Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that take on causes because they think it's going to help their career or their mm-hmm. image or whatever have you. And uh, so, yeah, when, when you have enough uh, morals and values about that certain thing that it's going to uh, govern your choices for the roles you play, I think that's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is, uh, again, I was doing some trivia or looking at some trivia for her. She admitted to having cosmetic surgery before the Golden Girls back in 1985, even though the program was about growing old and not having a problem with it. So if you remember the concept <laughs> of the Golden Girls, uh, and, and I just thought that was really funny. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, had the, the the facelift or whatever it was. I don't know if that's what it was, but having that cosmetic surgery, uh, even though to turn around and go, eh, we're going to make a, a sitcom about growing old and not caring what we look like. So I just thought that was funny. Uh, it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the interesting thing about, we talked about her being on a lot of the talk shows, uh, Johnny mm-hmm. Carson, Jack, uh, Jack Parr show, and things like that, but uh, and being on all these game shows, she actually met her uh, last husband on uh, Password. It was a oh, uh-huh. hit, uh, celebrity guest show uh, that they would do. And uh, she was on it many, many different times from 1961 to 1975. And she eventually married the show's host, 
Alan London, Lund, London, excuse me, mm-hmm. and uh, she uh, stayed married to him until he passed away from cancer. Uh, so. That is that is too bad. And I think he passed away, if I remember correctly, like in uh, eighty one or early eighties, somewhere around in there. Yeah, I, I believe you're right in that. Yeah, uh, but I think it's just funny that she that she met her final husband and the one that she stuck with the longest. Uh, you know, from game show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she was on enough of them and, and, uh, and, and married one uh, in, in terms of that. So, and, you know, she mentioned she received uh, several different honors uh, throughout her career. She was a lifelong Democrat uh, who endorsed several different um, Democrats uh, from Franklin D. Roosevelt uh, to Adley Stevenson, to John F. Kennedy, to Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, and of course Barack Obama. I could not find where she, uh, whether or not she endorsed the current president, uh, Joe Biden. And again, that's no, I'm not trying to make a political statement here. I'm just trying to give the facts here as we do on the show um, that I think is kind of interesting and, and kind of fun just to, to know where some of these celebrities stand. Sure. Well, and you know, uh, the interesting thing about it, a lot of times we don't know uh, a lot of personal right, parts yes. about people's lives because, mm-hmm. you know, some some part they want to keep private, you know, but uh, she was uh, an outspoken Democrat. She was an outspoken Christian uh, as yes. well. And, uh, you know, I think that also played a role in, in the decisions she made for her career. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think she was a member of the Unity Church. Uh, I'm not 100% sure where Unity Church is. I assume it's out in Los Angeles uh, where she lived, but I'm just assuming that because I don't have an address uh, in terms of that. So, um, Dawn, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit um, about the story that I kind of hinted around a little bit earlier. I believe you have Betty White's autograph because if Let let me just, uh, if uh, members uh, of the audience is listening for the first time, Don's been a frequent guest on Forgotten Hollywood, and he has over 5,000 different celebrity uh, autographs. And so, Don, do you want to share us a little bit about the uh, uh, story with Betty White? Sure. Well, you know, I I got hers pretty early on just because uh, I was a big fan of the Golden Girls and I Mm -hmm. seen her on Mary Tyler Moore and a lot of the work that she did. She was on Mama's Family. Oh, yeah. And uh, so uh, I wrote to her and uh, heard back from her rather quickly. And uh, she sent a lovely picture with uh, one of her pet dogs. And uh, a lot of times when people would send autographs, they would they'd send, you know, little advertisements for their books or for their mm-hmm. causes. And the one thing that she sent uh, was to encourage people to give to their local humane society and uh, she was the head of her local humane society there in Beverly Hills. And uh, she also was the uh, fourth mayor of Hollywood, honorary. Mm-hmm. And she used that platform, too, to do a lot of work for um, animals and, and just really promote their needs. So that was one thing that she uh, included there with her autograph. So. Yeah, what a neat, uh, what a neat story. And um a neat collection that that you have over 5,000 autographs. So that that's pretty cool um, in terms of that. Well, Don, I want to uh, thank you for coming on Forgotten Hollywood and, and sorry to have to have you on for this particular type of um, 
occasion when we're talking about somebody that, that just passed it was just, I think, two weeks shy of her 100th birthday. So, yeah, and everybody was, you know, definitely yeah. rooting for her in that. And, uh, you know, but when it's time to go, it's time to go. Yes, it, it is. Well, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Forgotten Hollywood. Just search for Doug Hess or Forgotten Hollywood. You can also find me on Twitter or Instagram at HessDoug14. If you listen to this podcast on iTunes or another podcast service, please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. Tune in next week for the latest episode of Forgotten Hollywood, and thank you for listening, and we will see you then. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.